Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy monday to you august 7 2023 kentucky roll call here on big x Radio. dj walker nick roush and justin kalen on your damp monday morning currently not raining but if you live in louisville you probably were awoken by the storms at some point southern indiana area uh, but they've cleared out at least for now hope you're having a good start to your morning Allow yourself a little extra time, maybe getting around this morning. And good news is the Sherman Mitten, the 64 Bridge, is reopened. Yeah, bad bad news is uh, on 64, you know, a mile or two from that downtown, there's a semi that's jackknifed in the road. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I think that's 64 would be eastbound. So, yeah, good luck to everybody navigating Monday morning. Uh, I know things are – they're cranking back up, TJ. my wife's going back to school today, but I don't think the actual kids get in till later on this week. But nevertheless, it's uh, football's back, school's back, fall's back. It's uh, it's an exciting time, busy time, a lot going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope uh, hope you had a great weekend. Same with you, Scoots. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I did have a good weekend. It, it was one of those weekends that definitely wasn't long enough. Um, I'm still a little bit under the weather, so that kind of stinks. I've been blowing my nose all freaking weekend. So maybe maybe the week beginning here is going to change everything up for me. I won't have to blow my nose constantly. So maybe the week arriving is a good thing. So I can, I can be happy about that. I'm not sure I'm following the science there, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm it's, right there with It's far from an exact science, trust me. Well, I hope, I hope you do feel better, too. Hope that you're able to. Did you golf this weekend? Um, I don't know if what I did I would consider golfing. I tried uh, to golf this weekend. Yeah, not your not your best stuff. Uh, probably my worst, if we're being honest. Yeah, it was it was not good. It was one of those days. You know, I I, I don't know if it was because I was sick and I just hadn't been outside a whole lot last week. But when I played on Friday, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. I I did not want to be out there. I felt like I was constantly a second or two from overheating. So yeah, I just didn't play very well. It wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of fun either. So. Oh, I hate hearing it. Yeah, but 
get it all out of your system before yeah. the big X scramble. Absolutely. This is the, the time of the year to figure that stuff out. Well, good. Well, well maybe not so good. I, I wish you felt better. <laughs> wish you played better. I uh, wish your weekend was a little bit longer. I'm right there with you. Went by too quickly for me as well. Uh, it was it was fun. It was a rare kind of busy, had stuff going on weekend. But Friday, family, everybody gets home, and we need to go shopping. We hit up Target as a family. That was fun. And then went to Salsaritas afterwards. I think that was Lucy's maybe just second Salsaritas encounter. But first one, I think, maybe at the actual restaurant. And that was fun. She loved it. She loved the blue Powerade, which was good to see. We, she really could not get enough of that stuff. She's chip calling it blue Wawa, and uh, basically kind of is like blue blue Wawa. So that was good. Saturday morning went to the Green Egg Fest, which is uh, one of my more favorite days or events in the Louisville calendar year. It's probably outside the top five, but I think it'd probably be somewhere in the top ten. Uh, just did you uh, did you finally cook something for it? No, no. We it, it's pretty tough to get in. You you kind of either you got to kind of get lucky or you have to buy a green egg, and we're not going to buy a green egg, so it makes right. it a little tougher for for us to get in it. And it's almost the same people every year, so kind of tough to to crack into the rotation. But I'd like to. The wife definitely doesn't. So like even if we do get in, putting air quotes around get in. Uh, we'd still probably have to have a conversation to see if we're actually going to do it or not. But I think at that point, you'd have to do it. But it was delicious. Everybody just cooks up all this different stuff, and uh, it gets really, really hot, even in – we went early, but still just with all those green eggs cooking. gets a little toasty, but we had a lot of fun there. Then had a diaper party at a pool, which was fun. Then had my nephew's first birthday party out in Oldham County. Went to that, and that was enjoyable. A busy, jam-packed Saturday, and then saw Oppenheimer yesterday, which we did not know was the 78th anniversary of the actual dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima. But really rubbing it in their faces, aren't you? Didn't did we didn't know? Like we left, I was like, oh man, today was actually the day that they did it back in back way back when. But uh, that movie was unbelievable. I think they used the word like powerful thrown around with that movie, but. I think it applies. It's a pretty powerful movie. It's I highly recommend. I think everybody kind of needs to see it. Roush, they they touch on the just the the building, the program, the whole stuff. Uh, but they also talk about the moral dilemmas involved with it. Do we want to do it? Should we do it? Why are we doing it? And then there's the, they throw in a little sample size of government railroading as well, uh, which was a surprise twist I wasn't expecting to see in the movie but all in all it is long but worth it good movie so really fun weekend enjoyed myself uh double nap weekend took a nap on saturday before all the wow double nap weekend you lucky dog after oppenheimer yesterday was able to to sneak in another one so yeah i've got no complaints i i'm well rested ready to go i'm with scoots wish the weekend was a little bit longer but it does mean each and every day that that we close out means we're another day closer to college football season, uh, and we're we're excited about it. A lot to get to on today's show. A lot of sports things to get to. The Thornton's text line is already popping, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Yeah, Roush, that was nice. The Oppenheimer movie, three hours long, but we went to uh, a 850 showing 
So, you know, right around lunchtime, boom, we're done. Get our, get our day. The movie the, theater it, opens that early? Oh, yeah. And also, I was shocked that I guess they've got an early board, early bird ticket pricing because our tickets were $9. I was like, man, I can't remember the last time I paid $9 for a movie ticket. Maybe when they used to do the $5 Tuesday tickets or whatever it was. I don't know if they still do that or not anymore. But back when we were in college, that was the thing. Uh, How much is it for a regular movie ticket? I feel like for like the fancy schmancy seats, which, you know, the majority of them are, but now they can charge more for them. I don't know, $13, I thought, a ticket, twelve fifty okay. a ticket. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, I just, I, w- I wasn't sure how much of a special the early bird was. We did uh, a movie day at home yesterday. Uh, Duke has been playing more uh, Mario Kart as like uh, on the Wii. It's been a fun little like activity he can do in the afternoon, just change things up a little, do a little, few few races, few battles, and he's he's getting good enough to where he's not, you know, just like driving off the side every time. And so naturally he's like, all right, well, let's, we've been talking a lot of Mario. Let's watch the Mario movie. So we popped popcorn and uh, I got him some bubble water, uh, some seltzer. So we had our own little movie at home while uh, Frank was sleeping. Uh, Frank interrupted me. I, I only got about the first half in before Frank woke me, uh, you know, woke up from his nap and decided that he needed to, uh, needed to interrupt but uh i enjoyed the the little bit i saw it's just, it just fun like all the little shout outs they had all the callbacks to the old game um i i know he didn't get them all but he still enjoyed it so yeah we, we had, it was a nice that was a nice break uh for a little little sunday movie sunday afternoon sounds nice it feels like he's entering a new a a, a new chapter of of life the, the video game chapter yeah. Mario chapter. It's exciting. Well, cool. Well, that's it. Was good. uh, I I enjoyed uh the the part that really got me is when like you're explaining this stuff to him and you can you can make up whatever it is. Uh, what's that, Dad? And it's like, oh, um, that's Raccoon Mario. He can fly. You know, like you just kind of just kind of make it up as you go. Um, uh, I really enjoyed though when they introduced DK and is doing the DK. Donkey Kong, and he just starts dancing like that. Yeah, it's, it's great, great stuff. Takes yeah, me back. It's, it does. It's a good movie. It's fun for for the whole family. Well, great. Uh, text on into the Thornton text line. We all had good weekends, except for Scoots. It sounds like. Hope that you you do as well. Do let's see. We we've got a lot to to, to get to on today's show, but do want to make the the, the show announcement. Uh, he tweeted it out on on Friday. He asked if he could. I said, "Well, absolutely. You can do whatever you want. It's your you, you, your Twitter account. You can say whatever you want, do whatever you want." Um, but I, I'm probably going to tweet it out later today, just because Friday night at like 10 o'clock, uh, not not the time that I would have wanted to make an announcement. But Corey Price going to be joining us on Thursdays for Trivia Thursdays with Corey. If you're not following Corey on Twitter, he uh, is quickly, I think, turns into a lot of UK fans' favorite accounts, especially UK fans that like history and little odd facts and trivia and especially people's birthdays. Uh, but he is he's kind of turned into Mr. UK Statistician on Twitter, and even so much so that he does work for the UK Sports Network on, on College Football Saturdays. He's going to be joining us on Thursday. It's going to be a fun segment. He's going to come on. He's going to ask Roush, myself, and Scoots, if Scoots wants to participate or not, a UK trivia question. He may have a little fun fact. 
And then we'll also just talk about whatever whatever else he's got going on. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be a regular weekly thing. As anybody that's listening to Kentucky Roll Call for any period of time probably knows, we're, we, we don't do a ton of guests, and we've told the reasoning and rationale before, but we'll do it again, mainly just because it's, it's early, early in the morning. Hell. Just <laughs> don't have a lot of people up that early, and we don't normally want to, to bother people that early. Uh, but Corey is excited about it. He's a good sport about it. We don't mind bothering him. No, I'm just kidding about that. But he he seems he, he seems pumped up about it, and we're pumped up about it. So that's going to be on Thursdays. It's going to be a five or ten minute segment. It's not going to be anything too long either. And we'll learn some UK facts. I think that'll be a fun one for if you're just driving around or if you're at home. Oh, okay. It's the what fun UK trivia do I can I get it right? Something that you're going to be able to play in your car while he's doing it. But I don't know if if many know more about UK sports history than than Corey Price, and we'll have him a part of the show on Thursday. So that'll be cool, something to look forward to a little bit later in the week. Yeah, um, it's it's funny, uh, you know, he shared that Friday. It just feels like there's been so much that's happened. It felt like there was four days in between getting off the radio Friday morning and now, but it wasn't. It was just a lot of stuff going on, um, like from the – I mean, there was not not only did we have all the UK football stuff, but you had uh, the Reds just sucking and being awful, um, losing. The, they got swept by the Nationals, I think. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team goes down. Uh, you had the Nate Diaz, Jake Paul fight. Um, Saratoga was banana land on Saturday for all the wrong reasons. It just it was a crazy crazy weekend. Well. For some, uh, for some of the right reasons, but oh my goodness gracious, we were watching live. I'd yeah. never, I'd never seen, I'd never seen anything like that before. That was- I've, I've watched, you know, a lot more horse racing and not on as big of a stage. It was Whitney Saturday. Sar- Saratoga is just where all the good races are in the summer. And this is probably their second biggest one. And five hundred thousand dollars stakes race, the Oaks winner trying to stay just to win her third straight. She's getting ready to lose trailing by like three links and the horse that's about to cross the wire. Just, I mean, does a somersault falls down, throws the jockey across the finish line was going to just cruise to victory. It was all but over, uh, just incredibly sad stuff. Um, I mean, I, I, I hadn't seen anything like that. And then my, I'm talking to my dad he's like, yeah, the trainer, she's a ovarian cancer and breast cancer survivor. She talked about how that horse just helped her get through. It was undefeated, I believe. Uh, just awful, awful stuff. And then you, you keep that thing rolling, and Cody's Wish had won something like seven races in a row, and they were trying to stretch it out um, to nine furlongs, the classic distance, which is a mile and a eighth. He'd won basically every big race at a mile. So like, let's see how he does at a mile and eight. And it, he didn't even fire. I don't know what it was. Like he did not look like the same horse that normally happens. Horses did a terrible job coming from behind all day on Saturday. I don't know if there was, if it was something with the track running slower and they couldn't really get up or I, I don't know. Uh, I'm immediately just going to accuse white Abario of cheating because all of the horses in that South Florida circuit are cheaters. So I'm going to blame White Barrio for cheating and not Cody's wish for being bad. But, um, but I, I almost locked my way in a $500 win, give or take, if 
Cody's wish would have won that race. So I wasn't very happy, TJ. Nah, anybody anybody that had half a horse brain knew Cody's wish couldn't go that long. <laughs> I, I kept Cody. I kept Cody's wish out. I, and I love Cody's wish. I've won so much money on Cody's wish. But I, 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 who, who, who won that race? Or yeah, you're white, white, white Barrio. Yeah. yeah, but like it's it was one thing if he just like got tired down the stretch or something, but he just never even fired. It was weird. It's one, one, one there. The sad thing in the race where the horse broke down right at the finish line is I, I won that race because of that. Oh, same here. And I was like, well, if I had something this terrible and awful happen, I had the, the race after that was awesome. I couldn't believe that that one gutted out and win. I was like, oh, this is destiny. Huge win incoming. And I, I had a friend who had a pick five a lot, felt the same way, and then he just couldn't couldn't get home. Yeah, that and like that's another crazy thing when that horse fell. What was the name of it? Uh, maple maple leaf mel maple leaf mel i mean bill parcells was a part owner too beautiful beautiful horse it Mm -hmm. was running i mean obviously an amazing race roush told you a little bit about its background but i'd never seen anything like that the horse and the jockey crossed the finish line first just not together and sadly not upright Mm -hmm. and you know you have to be on the horse crossing to win the race but the horse popped right back up the jockey did not, uh, you know, sometimes you get it, you get it either. You, you've seen it all. Sadly, uh, if you watch horse racing long enough, sometimes you see the jockey pop right back up. That's always what you, that's top priority. Number one, you want to see that jockey get up and move. Uh, sometimes you see the horse pop right back up and is okay. It's like a miracle. You don't really know how, but it is. This was one of those times you saw the horse pop back up. And, and it was just immediately you just, you're like, you, you, oh no! You knew that like yeah. that horse is not not okay, and yeah. uh, you could see that it was not going to stay up for long. Sadly, and they they cut the camera thankfully and, and moved on and showed some other stuff. But yeah, that that was horrible and that was sad. And it just feel like we've talked about it a lot this summer. But there are risks that go with horse racing. It's it could be dangerous and it, it could be brutal. But that that stunk. Didn't like seeing yeah. that. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, national TV too. I haven't seen the response yet or not, but it's just it's not great. It's not great. Um, but you know, prayers out to all the connections. Just, just dealing with all that, all the people there, seeing on the sideline. It's just it's awful. It's awful. It does it, like it was the you know it was a good day for horse racing. It's supposed to be a good day for ho- horse racing. You had some exciting races. You had some big names. You, you, you there were people watching yeah. and. Roush, a lot of times in our lifetime, horse racing, when it's not triple crown season, Nobody a lot of people are, yeah. are tuned out. But it seems like horse racing is getting a little bit more popularity nationwide, and you're still having you're still having incidents, which are always going to happen. I mean, make no mistake about them, but it does it does seem like they're happening a little bit more frequently, which is not what anybody wants. Well, and- especially in in bigger moments. That that's the the key part. Is it's just that's when it feels most prevalent. Um, yeah. But they're still happening even when you aren't watching. There was one yesterday at Saratoga as well. Um, so, you know, it stinks. Uh, not great. Um, but uh, we keep moving on. We keep moving on. But I, I did. You know, mid- I was going to say, you know, what else was stinks and wasn't great. Oh, yeah. U.S. Women's Soccer. Yeah. You, oh, boy. You woke up and watched it. I, I was fortunate enough to where, like, for me, I'm not, I can't have like outlandish takes because like they never did enough for me to even really get into this World Cup, but they were just bad the whole time. And uh, from what I've seen from people who know, 
apparently they actually looked better. Like the advanced stats say they played better, but they still couldn't capitalize on any opportunities. And, oh, yeah, like just, you know, make your PKs. I actually had only tuned in because I, I didn't go to bed till later on that Saturday night. So I didn't actually tune in until like the final few minutes of extra time. But then I saw every single PK. So there's a little part of me that was like, I'm, I'm tuning in at the best time. I didn't watch just uh, two hours or two and a half hours. Excuse me. I didn't watch two and a half hours of scoreless soccer. I, I felt like I was a winner in that. But like a, I got, I lucked out with what time my natural clock just decided to wake me up on Sunday morning. But Scoots, I do know that you were awake because I, I saw your tweets. Uh, you were talking about how much of a ghost town Twitter is at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I should have expected that because nobody should be awake at 5 in the morning. But, yeah, I got up for it. Uh, I watched pretty well the whole game. And, Roush, I can tell you they did look a lot better. I, I've watched their first three games and not great. They just didn't have any cohesiveness. They had cohesiveness for this game. They they were making crisp passes. They were giving themselves opportunities in the box. They just couldn't freaking convert any of them, and that unfortunately carried over to the penalty kicks part of the game as well. So, yeah, I was really frustrated going to work yesterday. I did not want to go to work after watching that. Uh, oh, boy. So I, I can't really speak on the match. I'll trust people that, that watched it, that they, they actually played well. But at the end of the day, you, you didn't you didn't find the back of the net. Mm-mm. And you go to the World Cup as the favorites, and you win one game. You win one match against probably the worst team in the entire event. And even that, you were ho-hum in. What, Norway beat them by like six or seven nothing or whatever it was. You got three. I mean, who cares what you beat Vietnam by? But we figured, okay, got that one under your belt. Now go take care of everything else. But then ties and ties and ties and then you go to penalty kicks the offense is never firing the entire tournament and you choked you you get up in the penalty kicks where if rapino can hit that one you're pretty much winning you're dormy at that point a golf term that'll bring on over to soccer but you choked you choked it away she played poorly this whole world cup well and then to just to end it too on the the review was pretty brutal. That was, to go out. Uh, and also, how is that? I don't understand. Like the, that didn't. That was in. Like that. They did the line and it looked out. Like I don't. I don't know how. So that, so that line, it's actually Roush. The that ball is like all the way in. And if some of it had not been all the way in, I think it it would have been okay. Okay. Yeah, I was a little confused by the screenshot you tweeted. So, like, you're looking at it like, that didn't break the plane. It's actually that the whole thing did break the plane. It's just none of it did not break the plane. Uh Aha, I see. Man, they did a really, they really did a poor job explaining that and showing that on TV. I mean, I hung out, I hung out probably 10, 15 minutes after the game just waiting to see that. And they never did freaking show it. I was like, all right, I got to go to work. And then it wasn't until later I had saw the picture. And I was like, okay, well, if they could have just done that, Right as the game was over, it would have been a lot of mystery solved. Oh, my goodness gracious, Scoots. You couldn't have said it any better, buddy. I was the same way. I was just like, wait, so 
I think everybody's kind of frustrated just with the women's performance as is just the, the run that they had. And then that match, even that they were in that position to begin with, I think people were somewhat frustrated with it, but yeah, I totally, I totally agree. You're sitting there, you're watching, you're like, so, so how did, so it's all over. I get that. I don't think they're going to come back and change it and tell Sweden to stop celebrating and going crazy. But are you not going to show us like why it's over the conversation that was had all of a sudden you just see the, the, the head official, talking to the Swede that kicked the the PK and they're just having like a normal conversation, but you can tell that she's like hearing stuff in her headset. And then all of a sudden you just see the Swedish player just go bonkers and like, okay, well that means that they told her that the goal was good, but are they going to explain any of that to the TV viewers, to the commentators so they can relay it back to us? How do you not have a camera just along the goal line? Like that is, that's, just sports 101 they were doing that back in 1981 like that's not you got to have something along the line for that exact play for that exact reason they didn't have any camera angles they could only show the same one that they showed time and time again in which case you were like i have no idea if that ball went in or not we how are we supposed to know from this angle and then they just and then it just ended and it was just like that's it united states has gone home and then finally, you did at least get some some stuff from social media, some pictures and videos that weren't on the TV broadcast. But that was absolutely brutal, and that ends an all-around brutal World Cup for the women. Uh, I, I was bummed out. I kind of wanted them to, to make it a three-peat. I wanted more soccer. It feels like just as we are getting into the World Cup, it's over for the Americans. Uh, but, Roush, I think you probably – can guess where this conversation's heading. Are people being too tough on the women's national team? No. Um, that's a people being mad at your athletes for choking is a very normal thing in soccer. Um, if you want equality, there's equality. Now, to say like they lost because they were distracted by kneeling, that's just stupid. Um, during uh, you know, no matter what, like, I, I don't, I don't think their political beliefs are why they sucked. Like it's, I get, you're conflating two things you don't like about them. That that's the part where I'm like, all right, like we don't need to, just because Megan Rapino dyes her hair, doesn't make her like bad. Like that she, she just played badly. So if we are just criticizing their play on the field, yeah, no, that's, that's like that. That, that shows how far they've come that we can be mad at them for stinking. Like that, that's equality, TJ. I uh, totally agree. And I think it's absolutely fair. Yes, there are goobers that just take it way too far. And they've like made up their mind. Like they actively cheer against the United States women's soccer team. I think yeah, people it's are so just, weird. Like you're losers if you, if you do that. I wanted this team to win. I wanted them to win every match by a million. Uh, my, my strict disappointment is the fact that they just looked slightly checked out the entire tournament they didn't really even look like they liked playing with one another which you you know the chemistry on a soccer field i think sometimes you you can really notice it if it's there and you can really notice it if, it, if it's not there it just never really seemed to be there for them i think my old man hot take is when megan missed her pk and was laughing about it oh my so gosh like I couldn't believe that. Like you I just was had so pissed that if you make it, you all are going to win the World Cup. They have to make all their PKs at that point. You all would have to miss your PKs at that point. If she just makes that, you all are 
you all are advancing in the World Cup, I should say. Yeah. And she's like cracking up about it afterwards that she just sailed it far right, which there were some funny jokes that like, oh, look at her going far right for once, um, which is good. I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty decent. But I didn't care so much that, like, you know, to have any reaction you want, Scoots. But I do feel like you could almost just sense the momentum changing in that in that whole moment. You could almost sense, like, well, she's smiling, laughing. Do they think they have this thing locked up? Because it's not now. Like, now it's back to even, all because of that missed kick. I do think you could almost just sense everything changed with her smiling and laughing, walking off. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't wake Gil up because I literally stood up off my couch and I was like, what the hell's so damn funny? What is so damn funny, Megan, that you just missed that penalty kick? Freaking hilarious that you cost your team the game. That's so freaking funny. Yeah, I got. I hate it. I hate that I went to this mindset, but and maybe it's because of the all the sports gambling stuff that we've been dealing with lately and all these guys getting caught. But she missed her penalty, and then Sophia missed hers by a freaking long shot, too. And I'm sitting there thinking... Are they fixing this match? Did they just throw a ton of money at Sweden to win this game so they're missing their penalty kicks? And I hate that I went to that mindset. I absolutely do. But I was. I was sitting on my couch thinking that. So what did you decide? I, I'm undecided. I, I can't say for certain one way or the other today. I'm sure. I, I'm, I would strongly guess that they did not. But, you know, that would be like the – the formula for like, oh no, oh we're, we're up ahead in the PKs. Like that one lady missed hers; they messed up. What are we doing here? So, but we gotta, we gotta like, we're supposed to lose this game. Somebody figure out a way to do it. That was and almost just, like it was almost the. That's what I came up with when Megan was laughing at her missed penalty. I was like, what? That's the only reason that this could be so funny because you know the country's getting tore apart, but you're sitting there laughing because you've got $7 million coming to you or whatever. You know, like, that. there's or, no reason you should be laughing in that spot. Or, or you just, like, choke so bad you have no, uh, like, there's no other way to... I mean, I, I when I missed two potential game-winning free throws, I definitely, like, laughed at myself the first one acting like nothing was wrong when something was definitely wrong. It's like a coping mechanism, Scoots. Hmm. That, that, Roush is right. That, that, is, that can be uh, a coping mechanism. But that, like, and I'm the same way where sometimes you just, like, chuckle to yourself out of frustration. But this one was more than just, like, a momentary, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so bad. It's hilarious. How did I mess up so badly? This one was more than that. Like, I'm glad you noticed it too, Scooch, because I was watching. I was just like, hmm, not maybe the time to be to be playing old giggly pants over here. Well, and like, I'm okay. I'm okay if they want to laugh or smile about it, and that's your defense mechanism. But let me look at the camera afterwards and give us something like, what an idiot! You know, like, give yourself some hard hardship too about it. You know, don't just laugh. It was, it was so uh, annoying. I mean, I'm sure she. I would like to think she felt pretty bad about it. And Probably not. All, you know, again, it wasn't just her either. Uh, you had you had more misses afterwards. I love the goalkeeper stepping up there though and just drilling one right down center lane. That was nice. Man, I love Sweden's cool. goalkeeper. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you do. But it all ends for the United States women's team, and hopefully, if anything, it could be a wake up call that like you got to to be the best. You got to stay hungry, and this team didn't look all that hungry for all of their games. All right, we've got a lot more to get to. We've got UK news. 
I watched Devin Leary highlights. I watched about an hour. Pretty much if there's a Devin Leary YouTube video out there, I consumed it over this weekend for no other reason besides I've just got an incredible football itch. They don't even make creams in stores for it. We're going to come back, talk about that. We'll talk about fan day, practice on Saturday, media day from Friday. Roush asking too long of questions, according to the Thornton's text line. A lot to get to on today's Monday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Galen. We we'll be back. We will never be here again. So open up and blind in. So take it Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I am king of forwards. It's how I like to do business. Everybody joking around. We're like friends. I am Chandler and Joey and uh, Pam is Rachel and Dwight is Kramer. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. It's a new week. Head up Thornton's to get your week started right. They've got donuts, great breakfast sandwiches, spicy biscuits in the morning, and then they use similar chicken, and, and it's a spicy sandwich in the afternoon. But in the morning, the you know, I haven't had the biscuit. Was it flaky, delicious, Roush? No, you bet your sweet buns it is. You bet your biscuits it is. I like too that they're like a crunchy biscuit that does it like doesn't completely fall apart. But you know how like they'll kind of crumble away. It's great. Oh yeah. If it, if it's not if there's not a little break in the biscuit, it means it's probably too hard and it's stale and old and gross. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Thornton's has it all. Nothing stale or gross there. Uh, maybe just their the savings are kind of gross if you're the if you're the business trying to make money. Uh, you'll save money each and every time you're at the pump if you're a refreshing rewards member. Uh, I posted pictures of the spicy chicken sandwich on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram page. A lot of you all followed that over the weekend, which was which was nice. That was good to see. Uh, and then posted a picture of of my daughter at the Salsarita. So we're we're giving shout outs to to all the sponsors. Didn't make it to the grand opening at Oxmoor, but I was told if you didn't get there early, Roush, you were not getting one of those 100 free mystery pairs that they were handing out. Shady Rays is open at Oxmoor Mall. They've got a physical location, which is great if you live in the Louisville area because, and they've had the they've had the one out by the paddock shops. But there's been times where I've needed shades immediately, where it's like I'm going on a lake vacation. A bachelor party, whatever it is, I need some extra pairs of Shady Rays. And while the shipping is very effective and fast, there's nothing like just being able to drive five or ten minutes roush down the road. Go get your Shady Rays. But I was told if you weren't there early, you weren't getting those hundred pairs. A ton of people rolled through there. It was a really successful grand opening for our friends at Shady Rays. So shout out to all our sponsors here. We're we're trying to give you all some love, and we will on the Instagram page for sure. For sure, for sure. Glad to have them in the fold, um, and glad that football season it's it's here. We're in the oh, little yeah. shebang. Uh, media day kind of kicked things off on Friday. 
uh, followed by open practice on Saturday. Uh, there wasn't a, any sort of huge revelation at UK Football Media Day. You know, I'm, we can pick apart some of the quotes if we'd like. What just real rough day for Rich Gangarella. Well, we'll just we'll say that. Um, but Saturday, get to go to open practice. A lot of fun, and um, I did. I did get surprised, TJ, and it was you know some of the people who went. I'm sure were a little disappointed not to see Barry on Brown out there. He was. Him and Jordan Dingle were the two soft tissue-ish injuries that Stoops alluded to on Friday, two of the bigger guys that won't be available. Um, you know, those are just kind of minor things. I, I guess the one big piece of news is that Nick Hall's probably going to have to take a medical redshirt. Uh, it's not confirmed or anything, but he's probably out for the year. So that stinks. He was a high school All-American and is entering his second year, and you hoped he could kind of compete at offensive tackle, um, get into that rotation, but that's probably not going to be the case. Um, but back to Saturday, no Brown, no Dingle. They're two of your top four pass catchers. So the passing game wasn't as crisp as you would like to see it. But, man, I was still – I I didn't expect that from the running game, from the offensive line in general. Uh, like, it – Having holes to run through, having lanes to run through, that didn't happen very often last year. And Kentucky was consistently executing outside zone, which when Cohen came here in 2021, that was the plan, right? But the personnel was just like, ah, we're actually still this kind of mall. We got a bunch of maulers, and Chris Rodriguez is a north-south guy, so let's let's kind of stick with inside zone. It feels like they finally got some guys that can skillfully run that on a consistent basis, not only the personnel up front, but also in the backfield. Uh, Tom McClain's got experience in it. Ray Davis, that's where he's at his best. Uh, and uh, Demi Sumakarmbe, who I was really pleased with on Saturday. Um, but the I, I, I was surprised by Ray Davis's athleticism, TJ, because when we think of him, we think of him as just this between-the-tackles guy. Yeah, he had a big run against Kentucky last year, but uh, – a lot of it, you were just like, he got a lot of carries. He would get three or four yards. But, like, the dude has some juice uh, and an open space, too. I mean, he caught a lot of passes. And, uh, you know, I, I'll get to it in a second. But, like, th this has to be a year where running backs and tight ends are more involved in the passing game because there isn't a ton of receivers. So, uh, I, I, I was I was shocked by how athletic Ray Davis was in open space. So, uh, if you're if you want to be high on Ray Davis, like I don't think you're putting getting too far out in front of your skis. All right, I love it. I love that you mentioned a couple running backs as well. Just throughout your whole just recap, your your broad analysis to have running backs mentioned is good because there's question marks at that position. So the more certainty we have there, the better we feel about things in that spot heading into the season. The better we should feel about everything heading into the season. Uh, it just would be another box to check there in the backfield. And great, great to hear. I, I thought Liam Cohen summed up my the way that he views Ray Davis seemed very similar to the way that I view Ray Davis. Said that the, the way he sees it or the way he's told, he gets better as the game goes on. I feel that way about Ray Davis. That, and that's a great, that's a, that's high praise. That's a good characteristic to have. As others wear down, you're just getting going. And does that sound like some other UK running backs in years past? It does to me. I, I think both of them, and Chris Rodriguez and Benny Snell, 
both would take advantage of tired defenses. And when you try to do those lazy arm tackles, Roush, those would be the tough type runners that would make you pay. And I get the same sense. You're going to see similar with Ray Davis. And I, I think the coaches are expecting that as well. And he mentioned that he's not a breakaway speed guy, but he was sure to allude to UK's other running backs who weren't breakaway speed guys in Chris Rodriguez and Benny Snell. They had speed, they had burst, they could if they needed just to kind of flush through a hole, they could do that, but they probably weren't going to be somebody that was going to outrun the entire secondary. And Ray Davis isn't going to do that, but that still I think should show you just how exciting he can be, how excited UK is to have him is that you're probably not going to see like 75 yard. It's it's not like Boom Williams where it's like if just one guy misses, snap your fingers and he could be gone. But he was one of the better running backs in the SEC last year. Uh, they know what they're getting out of him. It's going to be a hard-nosed runner. I'm glad that you are saying that from a pass-catching standpoint, there may not be a break there, and that's good because that's, a, I think, a fair question. Yeah, and the, the other quote he had, too, was he was like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet, but the good news is we have a lot of them. And Stoops' word that he used Saturday was reliable. They're all reliable. He's pretty confident that they're going to get the job done. And <laughs> my, my biggest takeaway of the entire practice, though, was just there's two players that are just going to be – they're going to be problems for defenses. And that's Isaiah Cummings and Demi Sumo Karmbe. Because Isaiah Cummings is technically a tight end, and DSK is a running back. But they, Collins just can do so much with him. So when you when you roll out these personnel groupings, you think like, okay, well, hell, they might even be in 22 personnel, two running backs and two tight ends. But both of those guys are receivers. I mean, DSK was lined up in the slot as much as he was lined up in the backfield. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Cummings, uh, you know, he would do the thing. Like I, I love that it felt like every time he lined up, he was doing – what you didn't think he was going to do. So, like, and some of it was very rudimentary stuff. Like, he's lining up at wide receiver. He motions in and then just crack blocks somebody, and then he seals the edge, and you've got running space. That's very elementary stuff Kentucky wasn't doing with him last year. That is just getting yards, you know? So, uh, the ability to have guys who can do multiple things from untraditional spots, like, that, that's going to be so huge. I, I – I, I was I was shocked by DSK's ability as a pass catcher and his route running and you know and I talked to him on Friday and he he talked about it, but like here's the thing TJ how many times do we have these off seasons where we're going to throw it more to the tight ends and we're going to throw it more to the running backs so like I mean I, I feel like that's almost every summer and so part of me wants to be a little hesitant but when you didn't have Barry on Brown out there the guy who stepped in for him was Anthony Brown a kid was in high school this time last year. So, you know, and he looked good. I mean, he's a great route runner, and he's pretty strong uh, when it comes time to, to, to go high point the football and go up against bigger guys. But there's still – Tavion Robinson's the only guy who's not a freshman or sophomore out there. It's a very, very young position group. There's not a ton of them. So, like, the, t- the tight ends and the receivers, they or excuse me, the tight ends and the running backs, they have to do more in the passing game. Uh, so, I – I liked what I saw initially. It wasn't as crisp as you wanted it to to feel, but you know, not having Barry on Brown out there is probably a big reason why. Uh, but 
Lurie was getting time to throw. Um, so I, 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 do, I do like just the, the possibilities you have with that versatile group of running backs and tight ends. Yeah, when you're saying all that, what comes to mind, interestingly enough, is we all feel good about the wide receiver and the quarterback position. And I think UK fans all know the offensive line is going to be better, but there's there is still some intrigue about just how much better. But the question marks really surround tight end and running back, where I think UK fans, similar maybe to offensive line, you feel solid about it. You feel like you have enough options to be able to figure it out. But those former three positions, wide receiver, quarterback, and offensive line, those are pretty thin when you think about it. Where running back and tight end, while there's more uncertainty about the top end production, I do think people just feel better about you've got enough options at those positions where like somebody's going to step up and be able to do enough, or or it's going to be kind of shocking if not and they're a little deeper yet we know who the wide receivers are who are going to shine we're all pumped up about Devin Leary offensive line again you know that's kind of a tweener but definitely with wide receivers and quarterbacks but if something happens to Dane Key or Barry on Brown and obviously with Devin Leary then those positions are going to everything's going to get kind of turned upside down on its head so it's kind of funny how that works where we feel great about those spots but god forbid anything happens the other ones we're not so sure of, although we're getting a better idea. I think we've, we've got a pretty good idea. But if something were to happen, you've got you got other options that can step up. Kind of funny how the roster shook out that way this year. Yeah, and, and a big part of that is just because the older guys who were – like a Chauncey Magwood transfer. That, that's a guy who would be wide receiver for no doubt this year. Um but that's a good point. Yeah. You know, you know, like you, you lose that guy. So you need some other young guys to step up. Um, but like, man, Dinky had one incredible catch that I, you know, I wasn't trying to judge the receivers. It, it, it was, it, I don't want to say tough. Um, but like, like he had one awesome catch in one on ones that I'm not sure if he got his toe down in or not. Um, but a few of them, like, Dekel needed to finish up. Like there was, there was a couple times where you saw some, some drops, and you're like, "Come on, just finish." You know, and one, of, I mean, the the big the big Dekel bomb. It was going to be the play of the day. It was actually thrown by Kyle Sharon during team period. I mean, it was a sixty yard bomb probably, and he made a great break to get open and just just couldn't finish the route. I think that's his big thing. He needs to get better at finishing. Uh, but I, I did like what Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown's going to be playing this fall. Um, and I, I just wanted to see Shamar Porter go up against like not other freshmen because he was good, you know, with the three, you know, going up against the threes. But I, w- I want to see how he would do up against real guys with real SEC experience. Uh, but a lot of the, that practice is tough because they're slowly breaking in guys. Um, like they're not just going to hand over starting jobs. D- David Rayner was with the threes. Like, of course he was kicking ass. Like this, this dude's got experience in the Mac, but they're just not, they're not letting Cortland Ford step in and be your starting right tackle. There's a, there's a process that they have to go through. So if you, if you saw that and you were at fan day, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to panic or anything. That's just, that's just kind of how UK rolls with breaking in these guys. Well, there you have it. There's a lot more to talk about with UK football. Uh, I'll, I'll talk a little. Devin Leary, but I do want to spend plenty of time with the Thornton's text line. 
and we plan on doing that in hour number two. We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm about ready to call here on Big X Sports Radio. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Fun first hour, getting back into the week. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, the best producer in the world. Scoots, I did have a dream that you were in. You had a dream that I was what? Oh, that I was in. You were in. You were in the dream. And? Thoughts and prayers. How'd that turn out? Uh, It was good. Always a uh, always a fun thing to hear that you were in somebody's dream because obviously the follow up is like, well, what happened? Yeah. But the tr- the dream was we were doing ra- <laughs> we were doing radio and you just started taking it to break just whenever you whenever you needed like whenever you wanted. <laughs> so like Rash not be in the middle of a conversation and then we just start hearing the IHS AA commercial <laughs> and we were like. Scoots, what was what was that all about? And you 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 were just like when I when they tell me we got to go to break, we got to go to break. And I was like, <laughs> who's we? And you were like, the bosses. They they let us know when we got to go to break. So it, uh, it that that was the extent of it. Nothing nothing cooler than that. That's but like the good old days. You, you were just taking us to break any and any and every time. So that, funny, that funny that you bring up dreams. So I did something Friday night, the first time I've ever done in my entire life. Well, this I isn't an uncensored podcast, so be careful. Buddy. I had a the same dream from the time I went to sleep till the time I woke up. So it was like just one long movie, right? So I've never done that in my entire life. Never had a whole night where I dreamed the same thing. Lay down on Saturday night. And I'm like, all right, man, can't can't wait to go to sleep here. I proceed to have the same, or not the same dream, but same storyline, same plot line that I had from Friday night for the whole duration of my sleep on Saturday night. So I'm in the middle of this gnarly series in the middle of my dreams right now. So don't don't be jealous. It is fun, yeah. What's great? I've I've done that before, where you kind of have the like. Um... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I, you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I, I feel like if I think about it, then I can get back into the zone. But it is, it's very difficult to just like keep that that train rolling, though. Um, so hey, keep, enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while you can. Um, I'm I'm currently just enjoying all of the different fights we got over the weekend that are appearing uh, on. 
my Twitter feed, and I'm not talking about Nate Diaz getting knocked down. Uh, I can't stay up late enough to watch those fights. I mean, it, it didn't start till after midnight. Like, I'm just not sorry. Can't watch it. Um, this is this this is my only take on it, and it's it's a pretty bad take. I admit it's not a it's not a good take to have. But like after watching the Muhammad Ali boxing documentary, this is the highlights I saw of that fight look like bad fighting. Like it yeah. doesn't look like I, yeah. I could see Paul being a good fighter. I think he's strong. I think he's fast. And I think he's athletic. But just seeing his like form and the way he throw punches, clearly somebody that's pretty raw. I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't know if that would be widely considered popular or just like common belief. I know he's not hes not a career boxer. He didn't grow up boxing. But I was not really impressed with the highlights that I saw from those two. It looked like kind of amateur boxing. The the best punches were that were thrown all weekend uh, were landed in Tim Anderson's face. Uh, he was eating them in Cleveland from – I don't know what Ramirez's first name was – but Jose. that fight was awesome. And then it got even it got outdone by the Montgomery, Alabama fairy brawl. Did did any of you all see the fairy brawl where the guy got out the chair and took one to the dome? Oh, I missed that. Wrong with people? I did see the fairy brawl. Oh, and the fairy brawl t- so to the thing is is you're probably going to watch just like the chair clip. I mean, it's like 30 seconds of it and it looks really nasty, but you miss the part of it that started it all. Where, um, and and I I don't mean to sound insensitive or anything in this, but essentially what happened is you had a a black security guy who was trying to get these white guys to move their pontoon. They had parked where the ferry was supposed to park, and the white guys were very mad about it. And they eventually jumped this dude, and all the people in the boat are seeing this happening, so they get out and they just start whooping ass, and they whoop so much ass that one dude's Crocs he. He got his ass whooped so bad that he busted through his Crocs and they were up on his calves when he was even putting handcuffs. It was it was gnarly. It was a crazy, crazy brawl. You keep waiting in that whole thing like so many different times. All right, you all. Maybe everybody can calm down and realize how dumb it is that you all are trying to kill each other, like throw each other in water, fight. Like what? What? What's the end game here? Everybody, chill out. That video was crazy. The baseball fight video. The place I was oh, at that Saturday. Was awesome. Place I was at Saturday night was on the MLB channel, and I'm not exaggerating. They showed that five thousand times. They just had it on loop. It was like, is there no other baseball going on that they are just show? They would not show anything but that fight. I think I could break down every little detail about the punches thrown, the knockout, the stumbling, the bumbling. Uh, but uh, hey, you know that. Soccer, you get people that like get at each other's faces, and uh, I'm mad at you. You're mad at me. Oh, big, big, all... Basketball is a big holdback thing. Yeah, let's. Hold, let, yeah. At least in this instance, they they said that they were going to fight. I love the umpire in in the clip. He's like, "All right, guys, break it up. This is still okay. They're actually going to throw. Hey, I'm out of here." See, like just very. Very smart umpiring, in my opinion. I watched that video probably 60, 70 times yesterday while I was at work. So when I first get to work, my coworker, she's like, hey, did you see there was a there was a fight in a baseball game? And I was like, no, nah, I didn't see that, but that happens pretty frequently, so no, I'm not surprised. 
And so I pull it up online, and I'm I'm literally watching it on on loop, just like you're talking about TJ on the TV. And she finally she gives me some crap for it. She's like, "You're you're watching it again." So finally, I just had to break it down to her. I was like, "Look, this fit baseball fight is awesome for three reasons. Number one." Baseball fights are typically started by pitchers and catchers. Number two, the referees or the umpires don't typically back out of the way. They'll stay there until everything gets calmed down. But no, this one, like you said, TJ just backed up. was like, all right, y'all go crazy. And then three... Gosh, what was my third reason? Uh, any, anyways, it was it was awesome for just so many reasons because it was just unlike every baseball fight that you typically see, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you got a guy a guy knocking a guy out like it's so fun, so fun. Yeah, maybe that was your number three. Mm, no, it wasn't. I just can't remember like the you had, third. You had, a, you, had a, you had action. You had an end yeah. result, mm-hmm. not just like people pointing and shouting. The dugouts cleared. And, People were just like a yeah, I mean, game the, of Red Rover. You actually had some conclusion here. Well, the the fact that both of them squared up and threw fists up, you you never see that in baseball fights either. Yeah, it was, was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And and I thought I thought uh, Anderson landed a couple, but I guess he just grazed them. Um, and Ramirez ducked through him and then just pop pop pop. If there is one guy I can think of in the major leagues that I would not want to mess with, it'd be Jose Ramirez. Keep keep me far away from that guy. Safe to say now. <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, the baseball that, season, the baseball season's over for the Reds and the Red Sox, unfortunately. Oh yeah, I mean, no yeah, doubt. Had, oh six is the All Star break that every Reds fan sphere just came true when they didn't trade for anybody and make any moves at all. The Reds gotten one win, right? Yeah. No, zero and six. No, they've won no, since they've won the All Star break. Okay, yeah. well they've lost six in a row. I mean, that's bad. That's and three were to the Nationals. Like, come on, come on. So, uh, Reds, they're done. They're dead. It stinks. Uh, but hey, it's right on cue, right on time for football. So it, it at least Reds fans had a summer to kind of get them, get them, get them into Joe Burrow season. Let's head on over to the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. want to make sure that we don't have to just rush through this at the end of the show. A texter on the Thornton Sex Line says, Historical context changes the meaning of words all the time. It's not limited to their dictionary definition. Yeah, but I think a highlighted historical context is more of what you're saying, not an actual historical context, which, again, is meaning of words. But differing opinions can, can see things. Different ways. No big deal if you disagree with me. Hot take. I hate the new numbers on the football uniforms. Feel like they don't mesh with the the font of the letters like the rest of the uniforms, just not the numbers. They are bigger numbers, Roush. I'm okay with it. I like it. I I don't know. I I feel like maybe this is a play to someday take the Kentucky off the front of the jersey. Which we didn't have for a long time. Yeah. That that was like the the couch days. Which, man – Jerseys were really plain back then. It was just blue with numbers on the front, back, and shoulders. It looked UK had a jersey. Yeah, that those jerseys just look like practice jerseys. But yeah. I, I didn't hate them. Like yeah. I think there's there's something to a simplistic football jersey. Just kind of the direction that this this one's going. So. Um, Another texture says, realignment isn't the death of college sports, at least not the major ones. 
but it definitely sucks. It puts pretty much all secondary sports in limbo. Yeah, that um, that was the other thing that happened on Friday. And what was wild, TJ, is I'm at UK Football Media Day, so like I'm kind, you know, I'm locked into working. And some some of UK Football Media Day too, like the hour beforehand, you're catching up with the, your your media friends and all that, talking shop, and it's like, oh, so I guess the Pac-12 is staying together. Can't believe they're actually going to sign a grant of rights. That's that's weird. And then you go and you do media day and then you come out and it's like, oh, Arizona to the Big 12 and Oregon and Washington to the Big 10. So I guess the Big 12 is dead. That It all flip-flopped Pac-12. really fast in a hurry. Yeah, it's over. Pac-12, although they say that they're going to try to add teams, um, that they're not actually going to cease to exist, but you're going to get basically, I guess, maybe the Mountain West moving on over to the Pac-12 or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, but they're they're yeah. they're gone. You, you've got the Arizona schools in Utah joining the Big 12. Really, if you took out Cincinnati, West Virginia, and Central Florida, the Big 12 makes as much geographical sense as pretty much any other conference. Uh, further distances because those states are bigger, so just kind of natural that that happens from time to time. But it, but then you throw in a Morgantown to Arizona trip, and that's pretty far. Morgan or uh, Orlando over to to Tempe. That's that's quite the that's quite the the flight. It's probably about a four or five hour flight. Uh, Arizona State's AD came out and flat out said, "Like I'm not going to Morgantown." I'm reminded me of Step Brothers, where he's like, "I'm not calling him Dad." That Arizona <laughs> AD is uh, he. He sounds like a real piece of work. It's like, well, you know, you're in a conference with them. It probably, probably is going to happen. And also, like, suck it to you for thinking Arizona is just such high class over West Virginia. I'd rather be in West Virginia than a hundred. It doesn't matter. It's 120 degrees out there all month. You, you, you really want to be out there in the desert versus the lovely Appalachian Mountains? Suck at Arizona schools. Yeah, I think it was the Arizona State ID. I don't want you to. Besmirch oh, no. the Arizona AD. I'm going to um, besmirch them both. You're just going to lump them together. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. I agree with you as well. Um, but I think somebody broke it down for Arizona where it's actually just about 30-minute longer flights on average now than what it was. So if you're going – like. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, he saw he he loves to do this. Like, oh, there's something big happening in college football. Let oh me do gosh. some grandiose take and go viral. So he did the thing. Are we thinking about these kids? Are we thinking about them? And what at what cost is it to the kids? Well, Eli, uh, for those football teams, it's just what going to be an extra hour on the plane. Like they charter all these planes, all these small college towns anyway. So for USC and UCLA, instead of flying. Six hours to Seattle, Washington, they might have to fly eight now, which I, that, that I'm even like. Well, I'm, there's I'm, no way that a uh, flight from Los Angeles to Seattle six hours. Yeah, it's probably more like, what, two? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bad with all that. So it's, it's going to be two hours. It probably, what, four hours to Chicago land area? Yeah. Give or take. Like, yeah, yeah it's they're, they're charting all these flights. And so really the only, like, if you think about scheduling, which you talk about the secondary sports in Lumbo, baseball, you play weekend series. So instead of doing eight-hour bus rides, you're doing plane rides, right? And you're still going to do your series. Uh, same thing goes for volleyball, 
right? They play two games in three days. That's going to, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have, tra- they're going to team up. They're going to have travel partners and you're just going to rotate who you're playing uh, on these, these, these road trips. Um, and then same thing apply. The, the, the one that I like women's basketball is one that could be a little shaky. Cause you got like a, they usually put two days. They'll do like Thursday, Sundays for their scheduling, but, a lot of them are going to be able to figure it out is my whole point. Like th- this isn't the, the end all be all it kind of, yes. Does it stink and ruin some of these college rivalries? Like, yes, I, I, I can, I can be there with you on that. Like playing right Ru- USC playing Rutgers instead of playing um, Cal, which I mean, that's not even a rivalry. So who cares? But you know, th- that part of it does kind of stink, but it's also, as we talked about last week, that is fun. So, like, any person who's going to give you some grandiose take about, like, the death of college athletics, and yes, it's different. It's not as regionalized, but it's still going to be fun um, to watch on your televisions in college basketball and college football season. Thank you. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, but it is. It's the same alarmist. And this texture, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I feel like we're disagreeing a lot lately, but – the reason these schools are making these moves theoretically is to help all these secondary programs. There's going to be more money in athletic programs by these schools doing this. And to some degree, the alternative was bleak. Like, you know, in in some instances they really felt like they kind of had no choice from a money standpoint, which you would think more money in athletic programs means more money for the secondary sports. And do those sports become a little bit more expensive potentially with some air travel? A a little bit more potentially. But you think that you're still coming out way ahead in all this. You think that probably the smart folks at these universities have crunched the numbers and figured out that, like, yeah, it may mean more travel. And you were seeing some, some pity posts be sent on social media about people saying, I committed to this school thinking I was playing these regional opponents. And I get that that could be frustrating like that, that, that could stink, but things change in life. That, that is a common theme throughout everybody's life. Things are going to change. Things aren't always going to go the way that you planned and you get a transfer for free as much as that kind of sounds harsh. But if that is that important to you, then you can transfer to a school that would play a more regional schedule. And the NCAA has become friendlier with their options to be able to do that. But this is just money, money talks folks. So this is not a surprise to anybody. These schools are looking out for their best interest. It's they're not trying to kill these secondary sports by doing this stuff. You can make a case that they're actually trying to help these secondary sports by getting more money in athletic programs because Roush we talk about it. Everybody knows it. There's only a few sports that even make money on college campuses. And in some places, there only may be one sport that makes money on college campuses. So uh, to kind of move up into the pecking order of conferences and try to get better TV money and better deals overall, they're looking out for those sports. I don't think they're trying to kill them by that, by that notion. Yeah, and I mean, at least the, the money here, like, They'll be able to supplement those secondary sports. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's just going to be weird. It's going to be different. It's going to take I, us a while to get used to it. Um, I, uh, yeah. I do have one other thing that I'm curious just to to talk, see what Scoots thinks about it, see what you think about it. Because I, I do 
conferences are going to do what they do and the people that are overreacting it's so funny how it's always the same folks that are the ones that are the most extreme and doom and gloom it's just always the the same people but one thing that i don't necessarily have like a good counter to is you know why doesn't football just break off be its own thing make whatever conferences you want in football and then literally have everything else be what they need I guess the counter is that's just, you know, it's just not the way that it's going to you either you're part of the conference in its entirety and all the TV deals that go across the entire conference platform or, you know, you wouldn't do that. I guess that's the only counter to it. But I do think maybe someday you see something like that, in which case do you get more regional for all the other secondary sports potentially but i've seen that thrown around where it's like well, why doesn't football just break off they can be as regionally i guess as far away if they want from one another where the secondary sports can stay in their more regionally minded conference which they may eventually you know it might get there down the road but there's still there th- this is a transformative period in college athletics between nil transfer portal like a lot of stuff is happening at once the dust is going to settle like 10 years from now to get to a new, but right now there's just a lot of volatility. So there's, it, it's going to take some time for everyone to adjust. But uh, I, I mean, we see it right now with like a UK men's soccer plays in conference USA. So like, it's not some sort of weird unprecedented thing, TJ. And that, that might eventually happen down the pike. Well, and, and that is in part because the sec doesn't have men's soccer. So they, you know, if you're going to have a team, you gotta, you gotta be somewhere, but your point is taken that, Hey, you can kind of you can mix and match. It, it can be okay. It can be successful too. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another texture on the Thornton text line says Roush is getting screamed at on KSR for doing his job interviewing Ray Davis. Must be football season. Yeah, um, it, was, it was fun. I had a good chat with Ray. It also um, now like the way we were doing the videos. I, you know, I'll do kind of like a fun bit for the first 30 seconds or a minute before getting into football questions, just kind of lighten things up a little bit. But if you even taking that part out, I think the interview was only like four minutes on YouTube. So uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, enjoyed that. Ray's a good, enjoyed talking to him. Uh, and a lot of the freshmen too, Shamar Porter, he was fun, Anthony Brown. So uh, it's a good time on Friday. Good time on Friday. I'm sure Ray appreciated talking with you. Yeah, I hope a te- so. A texter says, epic moment on the Cutler show Friday. <laughs> this guy's a Cutler show listener. Cutler just, and there's nothing wrong with that, but this is the, the second one in a row. Cutler just couldn't comprehend that UK would sell bottles of beer for $13. He had a whole segment on how UK can't have glass for safety reasons. No kidding, Alan. Guess he's never seen the aluminum bottles of beer they've been selling at venues for 10-plus years. It was the hardest I've laughed at an opening radio segment in a long time. <laughs> so he just didn't know that they made the aluminum bottles. Yep, yep. Didn't Couldn't figure it out, which um, I tweeted out that that picture of the, the beer signs and, uh, you know, a lot of, got a lot of people talking. But uh, UK said that, that they aren't finalized, but, like, that's – that's about what you spend when you go to a stadium for beer. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was the cheapest one? Like it was nine dollars for Budweiser, Bud Light, thirteen for Mick Ultra. Which yeah. I have a feeling it'll be like eight, twelve, or something like that by the time season gets here. That that sounds about right. I love it. It, it happens every time, Roush. It's a social media trend where 
alcohol prices will get tweeted out and people just forget that that's what alcohol prices are at concerts and stadiums nowadays. That's just yeah. like what it costs. And then we also just overlook how expensive ticket prices have become, parking, uh, folks, shockingly, they they upcharge on these things. You're going to pay more <laughs> if you're going to go out and, and have a day at a game or you're going to go to a con- – like, you know, when people do that with beers, you can do the same thing with tickets. Like $80 to watch a college football game? Are you kidding me? And that's just the, that's just the, the door price. That's not even the markup price. You know, it, it's, the, it's with all of that. And yes, paying that much for a crappy beer is a lot of money for a crappy beer. But darn it, folks, we fought to have that option to pay $9 for a crappy beer. If that's what people want to do, if the rich folk can do it, then everybody else in the stadium can do it. So I'm glad they have the option. Yes, it's expensive. Yes, it's overpriced. But this is nothing, this is nothing new. Unpre- it's not unprecedented. I also love every beer snob. It's like, well, I hope they got more than that. I, I ain't drinking Bud Light. And it's like, they will. You dingus. Like, they will. Just, just relax. Uh, folks, people are still going to be sneaking stuff in. All right? That's just going to be the reality. I will be curious, though. Will they Will they be cracked down on, will they tell the security, like, hey, kind of step it up? You have been more lax in the past because we didn't want to tick off fans, which I always thought was a good policy. Now, if you were like, if you just had it out in plain sight, you were going to get it taken away. Or if you just had it like sticking out plainly in your pocket, you were going to get it taken away. But uh, they they were not overly strict about checking. Will that change now that it's actually legal in the stadium? Uh, Regardless, people are going to find ways to sneak their stuff in one way or another. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, another texture on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. It's Brad from Bellbrook here. Scoots may have more partners than Louisville has had conferences, but if you take out the ones he's paid for, then he's had far less. Hey, love you, Scoots. I haven't paid for any, Brad. No payments. That's good, That's good to hear. A texter says, Roush, according to Mr. Jones, you were speaking way too much during your player interviews. Thoughts on that? Yeah, we're having a conversation. It's a good time. It's a good time. We're uh, rolling those out over the next two weeks on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you'll be able to see all of them. But it was a lot of freshmen, running backs, and receivers. So just a lot of the new guys. That's that's your only chance to talk to freshmen until they start playing. So had to get them in while we could. A texture uh, on the Thornton Sex Line says, I'm so excited to bet football, it's hard to even fathom. Betting college in the NFL is pretty hard to beat, in my personal opinion. I can't wait to be an absolute and literal degenerate. So much fun. Well, bet responsibly, I, buddy. Yeah, I uh I tried to I, I I really found myself backing off on the NFL because it's so hard. Like I, I the games are so close and so good that I I can I can just watch Red Zone and be so entertained without having a bunch of money on the games. Is that weird? Is no, that, no, it... no. I, th- I think it's great. I, I'm the same way. I don't. I won't normally. Eh, I shouldn't say normally. It'll be different once we have it over here too, because typically, like that's a good point. Yeah, like my, my... live betting. Right, exactly. I I, I'll have to find my betting identity when it becomes accessible here. Because I, like it used to be very much a drive. Like, am I going to? The question was, am I going to wake up early enough on a Sunday morning to drive over? Because I could get my college football bets ready on a Friday, 
for the Saturday uh-huh. or, you know, whatever. But, like, doing an NFL and college football card at the same time is just asking too much of me. But now that I'll have the casual, what I think what's going to happen is I'm going to end up you're, – you're, you might not have any action on the early rounds, but then you, it's so exciting that you got to put some on the later games, the afternoon ones. I, that, that's probably what's going to happen for me. I've, I've got to find out what I'm what what's going to become the norm. Even when I had Uncle Bo, and that's Bovada for folks, uh, you could do it in Kentucky because it was overseas. But, well, I don't think you're supposed to do it in Kentucky. But <laughs> even then, I didn't do live betting all that much. So the live betting, I'm going to have to figure out how much I like. I mean, I'm going to do it for sure, I'm sure, at times. I'm sure I'm going to get burnt. I'm going to be like, this team's coming back. They're going to come back, I promise you. And then I'll end up probably being wrong and losing a ton of money, Scooch. But I'm excited to find out. I'm so excited for y'all to be able to live bet because I do. I feel like there really is just so much money out there to win in terms of live betting. Mm. But well, it, it will good. it will undoubtedly screw you at one point too. So just be <laughs> cautious. Going back, going back to what you were saying, like I don't watch a ton of NFL games start to finish that aren't the Packers because I'll be doing red zone, and then mm-hmm. for like primetime games. I will like those. I will watch those games from start to finish, but usually I'll be doing chores or I may be at a bar with friends where you're not really totally paying attention or I'll be on my phone doing some stuff. So, like, I, you know, on those games, I'm not, I don't think it's going to make me watch more football being able to bet from home. But one, I already watch a ton. Two, I, I do watch like more of a red zone type of setting where I've got a ton of different games on. But we'll see. I, it's it's great, just like the beers at Kroger Field, Roush. It's great that we finally have the option. We're not being hypocritical about this stuff anymore. And uh, as we mentioned, do bet responsibly. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, another texture. Oh, we've got a couple soccer texts. Um, Rapino came on about every game this World Cup and never had a decent performance. Does not make any sense while the coach back, goes back to her every time. That coach can hit the road, Jack, and do not come back. No more, no more, Glad. no more, no more. What a gosh. I don't know. Maybe maybe he wasn't the issue. Maybe it was the players. I don't know. Uh, but for it to look that bad and have that little success, see ya. You know, you can get somebody else. You 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 kind of blew it, buddy. So adios, get somebody else. And uh yeah, I mean they're like there were weird substitution patterns throughout the game, throughout the whole tournament. What game was it where like they didn't bring people on? They were playing well, but you still didn't bring those people on. Netherlands game. Not good. Not good. What an embarrassing loss for the U.S. Rapino should never be have been playing. And no, this has nothing to do with her political views or anything like that. That chick couldn't kick the ball off the ground. She had the leg strength of a 90-year-old woman with osteoporosis every time they had a free kick or corner ball would be short and that would be a waste of an attempt the once dominant women's soccer team is no more time to reevaluate the team and the staff it does kind of seem a little bit like a transition period but oh yeah well and it it also shows to it feels like the competitions really progressed too whereas the u.s just dominated for so long but it Feels like the rest of the the world is starting to to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. A texter says uh, Roush had an all time tweet about the baseball fight. Looked like they fought in a White Castle parking lot before. Well done, sir. 
Oh, thanks, thanks. Who who amongst us hasn't had uh, a throwdown in the White Castle parking lot? I've never fought in a White Castle parking lot. Have you you've seen one though, right? I've had a, 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 a like a shouting match in a White Castle parking lot, but never never thrown down. Have the the White Castle and National Turnpike is just that was the, the epicenter of shenanigans back in the uh, the the first decade of the twentieth century, twenty first century. Let's take our last break. Roush, the St. Joe's picnic this weekend. Ooh, interesting. You going to be hitting it up? Not sure. Not sure. It, if we're in town, probably. But it, it all depends. You're going to have a lot of high school scrimmages this weekend, and then the season starts next week. Isn't that crazy? Always, awesome. High school football always kind of sneaks up on me, being like a mid-August start date. But, yeah, you're going to get hear about a lot of scrimmages this week, and then they, it's it's the real deal. The following Friday, so we're getting close to a lot of the fun stuff. When's the fair, the the state fair start? That's got to be getting going. Oh yeah, um, I saw dates in there. You can see the when I drive by the fairgrounds, you can notice that they're they're starting to get ready. Um, I've, I googled it. Where, where, give me the dates. It starts on. Oh my goodness! How is there not just like a basic dates thing here? Uh. 17th, August 17th. So oh, t- still 10 days away um, while the like kids are going to be in school for like a week before the fair starts. It used to be the school didn't start till after the fair was over. It's the way it should be, but whatever. I'm not in school yeah. anymore. I don't have to worry about it. All right, we'll be back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call coming up. Roll Call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Got the beta king. I remember how it all began. I used to sing dirty rap to my east side fans back then. I knew you couldn't stop this rap. No MC could rock like that. Final segment, Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Remember ShadyRays.com. They, they do have the store at Oxmore, but they have the website wherever you are. It's a really impressive website. And use promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. And we'll be wearing our Shady Rays at the second annual Big X Sport. It's kind of the third, but it's really the second. Second, we did a little KRC one uh, one year. It was a good time. But this is the, the the big daddy. It's going to be at Elk Run, September 1st, getting the start of the college football season. Your long Labor Day weekend started with a scramble. We'd love to see you out there. It's only $40 per person, $160 per team. And we had a blast last year. It's not going to be any different this year. And we'll be doing the show out there. We'd love to see you. Email BigXScramble at Yahoo.com if you'd like to lock in your spot today. Keep the text coming on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I can save my my Devin Leary takes for tomorrow, Wednesday. Those babies can – they've got a good – they don't have an expired date. I can keep those bad boys anytime I need them. So uh, I will we, – we can do that tomorrow. It's really – the take is just his kind of throwing style, but we'll, we'll get to it another time. Let's make sure we yeah. get to these text messages. 502-414-1450. Where are we at? 
Uh, asking TJ or any roll call listeners, uh, how are you selling these tickets on sites other than Ticketmaster? It's my first year having season tickets and when trying to sell them on game time, it's saying my info isn't compatible. There's plenty of people selling tickets on this app, so there's got to be a way around it. I don't know. I don't know what game time is, so I can't really help you on that. Oh, I've never a had... sponsor. I've got a, it's a sponsor KSR's got now, but yeah, uh, Oh, then Roush, you should be able to answer that you're on, on behalf of the company. I just don't know how I, I, selling online tickets. I just don't. I don't understand. So never done it before. I've never had issues on SeatGeek when I'm selling tickets. I've never had issues on on Ticketmaster selling tickets. But if you're but uh, game time, I'm I'm not sure. Not if you're seeing other people do it, though. It probably means it's something you're doing, but obviously I can't say what you're doing. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Basically yeah. I'm saying you're, it's your fault. That's all. Uh, uh, texture. It's Robert says, have the absolute biggest suck to the Rebs swept by my nationals, put a fork in him. They're done. The Nats try to triple a team game in and game out. You can't lose the series to them, much less get swept. Lou Seriously. Robert dancing on the Reds grave. The soccer team was too worried about equality versus winning. Pink hair, whatever her name is, kneeling during the national anthem is such a joke. Practically crying and whining while you represent a great country. Another prime example of the sauce sensitivity that continuously goes on in this country. Just sad and laughable, says one texter on the Thornton sex line. Uh, Another texter says, Scoots, do you use Tinder and or Hinge? Uh, neither. No, I'm I'm not a dating app guy. But the texture about the soccer one, such a great and free country that they can they can express themselves the way that they want to. Now, if you feel like that that got in the way of their performance, that's just your that's just your opinion, and it it probably is is probably not accurate. Um, I don't care what they do. I just want them to win. Just like pretty much any of my other favorite teams. Isn't it funny how people... And they didn't win, so I'm going to criticize them and I'm going to complain and whine about it. Isn't it funny how people gripe about like, oh, we live in this free country. And then when somebody does something that they want to do, they get mad about that. And it's like... It's a little little hypocritical. Exactly. Yeah. It goes both ways. Uh, But by the way, you gave up on the dating apps. Yeah, I've, I've just never been a dating app guy. I've, I've used them briefly, but yeah, once I, so admittedly, I hopped on Tinder because I had heard it was a hookup app, and then now apparently it's a dating app, so I quickly got off that. I think, no, 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 it was the other think, way around. It was maybe I got a dating app that turned into a hookup app. No, I think when it started, it was like a hookup app, but I now it's like a dating app. all the apps were all of them. Like, if you wanted to look for dates you can look for dates if you wanted to look for like your wife you could look for your wife if you wanted to look for just you know rendezvous you could look for rendezvous i mean i, I guess it's just kind of like what you what vibe you put out there i guess they can all be yeah you just got to be state your intentions i guess i think tinder is much more um uh lurid a little bit more salacious hmm. maybe on That's the true. nose we're real, we're we're obviously not the people to talk about this. <laughs> Roush and I, long since out of the the dating app scene, and Scoots just doesn't. Uh, Scoots, I wish you'd do it though. It'd be a good radio segment. Like 
yeah, you know, I matched with this person, had a conversation with this person. But people want to know. People want the inside info of Scoot's dating life. Maybe we will save that for the doldrums of wintertime when I'm depressed. How about that? Depressed with IU rocking and rolling? That's true. I will be inside watching basketball, but I promise I'm not going outside. And at that point, IU football season will be over, so that'll be good for you. Whopping three wins, baby. A texter says, TJ, what are your expectations for Jordan Love this season? I, honestly, I was coming out. Uh, expectations were for him to be a top 15 quarterback. I'll, I'll move it back to 20, but this is the exact, this was your blueprint. When you drafted him and it was head scratching and it ticked off Aaron Rodgers, although he didn't say that it ticked him off, but it very clearly did tick him off. This is you wanted him to be under Rogers' wing, learn from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think in his prime, the best to ever throw football. And then when Rogers was done, done in Green Bay, as it turned out to be, not done overall, but done in Green Bay, you were going to hand the keys over to Jordan Love. Well, the keys have been handed over. He had years to learn under Aaron Rodgers. This shouldn't be like a rookie coming in and you know just experiencing the sport for the first time. Now, I do think there is something to be said about being a full-time starter and seeing the game, and you got to kind of go through some of that. So I would normally say he needs to be a top half quarterback in the league. I'll drop a few spots and say 20. You know, if he ends up being like the 18th best quarterback in the league, I think that could be something to build on his first year under center. But, yeah, around top 15, top 20, anything if he's def, if he's not like – if he's well past the top 20 quarterback, then we're going to have some serious problems. He should be pretty, not totally polished, but Roush pretty polished. Yep, yep. He should be ready to rock and roll. I saw a cold highlight of him, like, throwing sidearm uh, during a Packers scrimmage, so that was that was kind of neat. And I, I don't I don't want him – he should not be the worst quarterback in the NFC North as well. He, I, You know, if he's third, I'm not, I'm not going to – be upset about it but nfc north kind of like a sneaky quarterback division where it doesn't seem like any of them are great but i'm all of them have kind of been doing what they're doing for a little bit now with the exception of jordan love obviously but you know Kirk cousins pretty well established fields promising and then weirdly enough golf the lions they have a ton of hype this year which is strange i hope they fall on their face second detroit Roush, what are you most impressed by at the open practice on Saturday? Well, I mentioned a lot of it already, but I didn't get to I, – I thought the cornerbacks played pretty well. Maxwell Harrison and Andrew Phillips, I like that. I, I like the physicality up front. I also like just the back and forth with Josh Caddis and the defense. Like, they're, they're, he was just stirring up stuff all day. Uh, dude had on a red jersey, TJ, and he ditched it for team period because he wanted to mix it up. Love that. Absolutely wow, that. <laughs> that's a football guy. That's a football guy move if I've ever heard one. It really is. Really that's great. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another texter on the Thornton. And we'll, and we'll talk more about open practices, fall camp, all that stuff every day on Kentucky Roll Call. 7 to 9, replay of the show 9 to 11. Guys, you can never leave the air now that Andy Sweeney is gone. I don't know what I would do with myself. Hashtag Roll Call Forever. Yes, farewell to Andy Sweeney, his last show was on Friday, and he's on to bigger and better things, a bigger market. I don't know where. I, I could easily find out probably with just one text message, 
Uh, but just guessing, his, he was Instagramming down in Atlanta. I would guess maybe it's Atlanta. Um, but he he's not allowed to say, supposedly, until like he thinks Wednesday or something. So whatever it is, he's going to do a great job. Excited for him. I think he's doing mornings, too. Um, just kind of reading between the lines, but he may he may be he may be a competitor against us, but in a big market. So the crossover between KRC fans and the Falcon fans are really going to have a tough choice to make, maybe in the future. Of course, I'm just guessing he could be going to San Diego for for all I know. But San Diego. I listened to a little bit of his farewell show. Uh, a caller called in and I think summed it up pretty well and just thanked Andy for always being. Andy Sweeney for always being himself, doing his own, doing his thing. Um, and I think that kind of sums up Andy Sweeney perfectly. He did things his own way. He had his style of radio and he stuck with it. And it made a lot of people laugh. And uh, and congrats for congrats to him. And I think Shrebel's still gonna be man in the ship at three o'clock. So people that that liked him, he'll still he'll still be around. Uh, he'll do a great job as well. He's a great guy. So best of luck to Andy moving forward and, and keep keep doing your thing. He, he's he got a little bit of a different style, but I think that's what makes him stand out a little bit. So best of luck to him moving forward. Uh, John here. Good morning, everyone. All right, hearing what the crew is saying about the USA soccer game and more makes him want to go back and watch a replay. You, you want to go watch bad soccer? Interesting. So I am taking my golf clubs out soon this week because I only had them out two times since the last KRC golf scramble. Tell me, should I jump right in and go do at least a few rounds of a par three course or should I just go to a driving range and work on my drive some more? Got to go talk to you later. Uh, just go, go hit up the par three course a few times and then, you know, get to maybe hit the driving range once the week of. Make sure that driver is straightened out. The good news is you're going to be on a scramble team, so you may not even need to use your drives if you got somebody else on the team that's a good, a good driver. But you're going to want the irons figured out for sure. Yeah. Need you give yourself some birdie putts, John. Don't just hit the driver, John. When you go to the range, hit all your clubs. That's that's a mistake a lot of people make. They just want to hit their driver. Hit all your clubs. Learn all their. Distances. And remember, John, you drive for show, but you putt for dough. It's true. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Liam Cohen, which that was the most r- radical take I heard all weekend, was Liam Cohen saying putting's overrated. If he gets on in two, then he can't do worse than uh, two putt. That's at least a par. Yeah, so that's just, not playing golf. Yeah, like you're just that. That's it's not. It's not at all. I just can't. Like imagine like somebody playing cornhole and being like, well, like the tiny little corners over the hole, so we'll count that three. Well, I mean, it may have gone in if another bag had knocked it in. Like we'll it's just so count that crazy. one three. It's like I, I just I can't even I can't even wrap my brain around it. Imagine I mean, in just... like blackjack, you 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 get a king and an eight, and then you just like steal money from the pit boss. And you're like, well, eighteen's good enough. Like I'm pretty much near twenty one. Go ahead and give me your chips back there. What what are people doing? Not putting. What dorks? And I love Liam Cohen, but. That's not golf. I, I miss as many stupid little four or five foot putts as anybody. You got to do them. And, and my my thing is, it's like, okay, I get it. But like, all right, I, I maybe you're being generous with gimmies, but to not like putt or chip, it just, because, and I, yeah, I think, come on, he, you're better I than think that, he buddy. even said he had a, he was like an eight handicap. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you're, you're not. Like, just be, 
be bad. Like yeah. He said he's an eight handicap and he does that's, that. That's that's like the word that I, I I don't know if he said that out loud or if somebody else told me that. I'm calling but, the USGA immediately. Yeah, you, you, you putt. Just putt. That that's you got to be humbled somehow, Liam. You can't be good at everything. We'll have Liam on someday. We're gonna have to talk to him about. And we're that. just gonna be talking golf the whole time. A texter says, "I love in all caps the Corey Price news. I know him personally. He's a great guy." I don't know if I've actually ever met him. I don't know if I do know him personally, but he seems like a great guy. I've heard nothing but great things about him, and I love following him on Twitter. So he he checks. We're pumped to have him, and I'm going to probably tweet out after the show today, probably just quote tweet what he tweeted. And he got like a bajillion likes on that. Um, how many was it? 84, which is just a, a few shy of a bajillion. So he, he probably had the right idea doing it on Friday night. But I'm going to tweet it out again. We're excited. That's going to be on Thursdays. Trivia with Corey Price. We'll see if he can stump Roush and I. I have no doubt that he'll be able to pretty much as frequently as he wants to, Roush, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's got all – if there's stats, he, he's he got them. He knows them. Knows them all. Got to catch them all, just like Pokemon. Um, a texter says, I've watched that fight no less than 20 times, and you can watch a different person every time. A favorite part is the girl in the light blue that keeps going back for more and gets absolutely smoked each time. She can't fight, but she's got that dog in her. <laughs> I just uh, I can't believe people are like nobody. How drunk? All those people just have to be drunk too. But nobody yeah. here, nobody here steps in. And it's just like you all chill. Well, then maybe we 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 settle this with conversation. <laughs> They're well past that point though. I'm just going to say it. The punch Ramirez threw was mostly luck. It was looping, and his head was ducked down when he threw it. Anderson showed good form. I was impressed. Yeah, but Anderson couldn't land one. (laughs) That was fun. Catching up on the podcast, I like the newer Wildcat logo. I won't listen to slander from a fan of a team who thinks candy cane pants are a good look. Suck it, Scoots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Suck it, Scoots. I said the jersey is fine. I just don't like the logo. That's it. Yeah, and he's saying that you like candy stripe pants, so your opinion's invalid. What do you have to say about that? I mean, I'm never going to win this one, so you're right, Texter. Good text. I mean, I don't, I don't have a prayer, so let me just concede. I'll bow down. <laughs> oh, boy. A Texter on the Thornton sex line says, L.A. to Seattle, same flight as L.A. to Hawaii. Checks out. I don't yeah, think I, I mean, I don't. LA to Hawaii is not six hours either. I don't think. I've flown once in the last five years. I'm I'm not a fly guy, so getting times down. I, I'm actually going. Uh, I'm got a flight booked for this fall though. Got a wedding oh. in D.C. So yeah, not, but not a big flying guy. Wow. So we're both going to D.C. in a matter of months. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Northern Virginia, but you know, splitting hairs here. We're we're doing a day early to like do some D.C. So, so scout it out for me. I will. I'll give you the recommendations. Louisville only charges like $8 for Bud Miller Coors and nine fifty for premium beers. Either way, at least they finally have it available now. That's what I settle back to. It's just at least they're going to give people the choice. It, it's going to probably be more expensive than it should, though. That's just the reality of all this. Although I totally disagree with that mindset. If I were ever AD at UK, we're doing the master style, baby. Cheap concessions. I know it's so easy to say, but... I just, I, you don't want to lose fans, folks. You don't, you don't know when they're going to come back. I just think you need to try to make things as 
price friendly as possible where and when you can. And I think concessions is a place you can do it. I feel, but beer may be a different story. But like paying like five dollars for a bottle of water—that's a joke. I feel like being yeah. able to bet whenever will probably save me money because I won't feel the need to spend all my money in the morning time for the whole day. That's a good point. That, that You—that's a possibility. Or on the flip side, just when it's more available, you'll feel the need to bet on everything, and maybe you'll bet more. But it'll be interesting. Kentucky, Kentucky betters are going to have to find their identity unless you've just been doing like wager cat and stuff like that. But I haven't. I've been a draft kinger for a good while. The, uh, the, yeah, the lot, the lot of stuff is going to just change up everything though. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, John here again. No, I want to go back and rewatch the soccer match for the possible conspiracy theory that Justin and TJ alluded to a little. We'll got to go talk to you later. Of course, Matt would agree with Cohen's putting strategy. I'd make both the both those bumps put out everything, says one texter on the Jordan's text line. Not putting out. I mean, in a perfect world, that'd be great if we all could just make our five, six-footers. But part of the game, just like your tee shot, Roush. Yeah. The goal is to get it in that little cup. As TJ said, you put for – TJ said you put for dough. I'm a fan of the good goods. Good good? But obviously, there's there's certain you got you got you can't take all. You got to draw a line, yeah, right. exactly. All right, uh, that's our show. Everybody have a great Monday. We probably even have a ton to talk about tomorrow as well. Uh, crazy times in college sports, but the good news is football right around the corner. Do we have anything specifically tonight that I could think of? No. Uh, yeah, don't think so. Any oh. football? football oh. Hits? USA Today preseason coaches poll today. Nice. Nice. Cat's going to be on there? Uh, fringe. They'll, probably just others receiving votes. I'll say they're in the top 25. Why not? Everybody enjoy your Monday. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker. Oh.